1: The 2020 baseball season, like all sports, is on hiatus. But we at The Chronicle know that you still want to hear from Giants players, coaches, managers, and other baseball newsmakers on the Giants Splash podcast. I'm beat writer Henry Schulman. Colleague John Shea and I plan to keep you informed in print, online, and here on the Splash, especially on the important matter of when baseball will resume. The Giants Splash, available on your favorite podcast app. I'm John Shea of the San Francisco Chronicle, and you're listening to The Giant Splash. We have a very special guest on our podcast, former Giants coach Tim Flannery. And we covered so much ground, this will be the first of two parts. In the first, we discuss Tim living off the land at his cabin down south, some wonderful stuff. His last gig with the Lunatic Fringe, which benefits his Love Harder project. Check out his latest album, The Light and one of the most hilarious stories you've ever heard. It's the kind of positive perspective that only Tim Flannery brings. Tim, thanks for joining us here. I wanted to ask how you're doing and what are you doing these days? <laughs>
0: well, I'm doing a lot of other things that you, that probably most people didn't know about me, but my whole, I, I've kind of had a, a little hideaway cabin off of the grid Since 1985, it's uh, Point Conception, the westernmost point on the continental United States, and it's uh, uh, I got no electricity, but I got solar that goes to to, to batteries that runs the house, and propane runs the water heater and the stove. Uh, I've got amazing water well, Uh, so I've been just really living the, the the life of of a country guy, just cutting cutting wood every day to stoke the fire because the only heat i have is the fireplace and no phones or telephones work or anything so for the last last seven weeks i've not left uh except to go out maybe to grab some supplies and get back in real quick but uh uh just really kind of taking care of myself because there's so much i have that's involved in it you know i have a, a mother who's 87 years old with with COPD and bad lungs, so she can't. I can't bring anything in her home, and uh, I've got a, a, a daughter who's pregnant with our third grandchild. So I've just kind of uh, had to retire from everything because even when this is over with, I'm not going to come rushing back to do television and stay in a hotel with you know the world, and then go to the studio and then go to the ballpark and all. I just, it's just been a, a, a a crazy reality that uh, life has totally changed. So I'm just really trying to uh, do my part and survive, and, and and let let my whole let life change. I mean, it's changed. There's nothing we can do about it. So uh, that's where I'm at.
1: Living off the land, which sounds great and romantic and wonderful and all, but I'm sure it's not easy at all. Um,
0: it's uh it's grind but the thing about it you know i'm very i love to be i'm physical i love every day you've got to do some chores you've got to cut wood you've got to go out and dig up the potatoes you got to uh, make i make more fences than anything because i've got wild pigs deers and uh, cows two cows just broke through our fence the other day and then they come in and try to eat everything so it's I got a, I got a new puppy, and he just chases everybody out, and we keep rebuilding fences.
1: What kind of puppy?
0: Well, his mom's a Queensland healer, and his dad's a German shepherd. And I got him right after the season. The day after the season, I drove out to Fresno, where I knew he was on an orchard. And I went out and saw him before, and I got him, and I got to raise him for four months every day, five months every day. But then I was planning on coming up and doing, you know, television for NBC so I had uh, somebody who was going to take care of him mm. uh, and then uh, you know all of it went crashing down so it's just me and the, the pup and my wife uh, has been up here with me the last two and a half weeks now she'll go home to, to check on the grandkids and, and then she'll turn around and come back up in a couple more days because for us it's just you know we still can hike we, we can still go and I mean I don't have a neighbor within a mile so it's, it's nice
1: Now, you've done so much in the public eye as a player and broadcaster, coach, manager, um, TV analyst, like you said, and uh, musician, um, really exceptional at everything, man. I mean, people in all these roles are taking a break, obviously, but one reason you stepped away from coaching the Giants for so many years and three titles was to play more music. And I've seen and heard a couple of the beautiful songs on your Instagram account that you posted recently, but to what extent are you playing or can you be playing music nowadays
0: well we played as a band we played a lot we played my last two weeks i had five shows uh all over the place and that's san diego to to chico to novato uh to santa rosa uh we were grinding as a band and and uh it was crazy, you know. The last couple times we hit the stage, right before we hit the stage, I, you know, I just was kind of saying, I got a, I got a feeling I, I'm going to be retiring from public life. I kept telling these guys that that I'm going to get rid of. I'm going, I'm going to just check out. I go, I've, I've been out here long enough. Uh, you know, I tell people, and you know as well, being a utility player and a coach, I didn't retire from coaching because I had money. I retired because it was becoming very unhealthy for me and we had won three World Championships. You know, I've been to five World Series and I'm thinking, Well, three World Series doesn't make you happy. Do you gotta win four? you gotta win five? Uh financially you have to you know, as a coach, you know, it's not something especially a guy that hit nine home runs in the in the eighties. It's not like uh, anyway, so I'm just learning to live with less and, and uh trying to Really embrace the things that are important, and uh, you know what I was—I ta- found yesterday I was in a conversation from a distance, a long way away, with Scott Tinley, who was uh, is an Ironman, won the Ironman co- mm-hmm. competition a lot from
1: from San San Diego, co- right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a place up here as well. So the the conversation was that I go, you know, I'm finding out that what we have to do to be out there in the public and to make a living out there in the public and, and to be competitive and to live that lifestyle. Sometimes it can change you as a person in order to get that job done. And, uh, I'm starting to find another, I'm finding, I'm starting to like myself better. My wife seems to start liking being around me a lot more because I have lost that edge Slowly but surely, I'm losing that edge that made me who I had to be in order to uh, succeed in that life. And Tinley totally related to it. You know, here's a guy that does all the stuff without a team. He has to be on his own, and 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 what happens to your personality? Uh, you know, I was I didn't like who I was becoming there at the end. So uh, that's when I left to go really try to. To promote the Love Harder project and, and the anti-violence and anti-bullying uh, with and the anti-hate, we we still are doing that. I'm doing it from a distance, selling you know awareness of it, uh, doing all I can. And but mainly, uh, I'm back to where I uh, I'm just playing music, you know, up up the canyon for the animals. I you know I've got like a little natural amphitheater, and I go out there and uh, sing and play and write and. Uh, uh when i'm not doing all the other physical activity but it's like we don't have television you don't have telephone so you learn to do other things you learn you know last night i was out a flashlight and i was reading bruce, bruce jenkins great book uh, the north shore chronicles you know uh, it was, wow. it's just it's just been a different way of living
1: well you, you said you're losing that edge is that the competitive edge that you said you always needed is it the competitive I don't know what I don't know what kind position? of
0: it, it's an edge that made me a prick at times. Okay. It was an edge. It was an edge that you know made me want to bite at times. Uh, and after all those years out on the road, uh, when you get into that environment, you know that is what kind of helped. I'd always show up the first couple days and when fans would scream at the third base coach and stuff, I, it, I I go, Jesus, what was I go, I'm a sensitive songwriter. But then by <laughs> August, by August, I'm screaming back at them. You know, it's like you get calloused and, and things change in order to deal with what you have to deal to be a provider for the family or be the, the, the third base coach for a team.
1: We'll be back with more of Tim Flannery right after this quick break.
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy.
1: Fall guy. That's what the poster said?
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
1: You might have had the edge, but I, I've always viewed you as one of the most positive and inspirational guys through your. Through your voice, through your music, through your words, through your storytelling, and through these times, i mean is there a positive lesson to learn through all this an inspirational thought or two that uh, i mean you you I, come you come from a from you, you, your words and music say a lot, you know, and your 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 your, your, you. your- your good vibes and your good storytelling comes through the music
0: thank you. I think that everybody's in a different position, uh, just like we are in life. You know, our perspectives through this are all different. Uh, you know, you see the people protesting that want to go out there and because they mm-hmm. got to pay bills. I, I get that, but also, if you don't, if we're not smart, it's gonna, it could come right back and be worse, and it, it can affect people. This is the time that a lot. You're gonna, we find out. We're gonna find out a lot about a lot of people because you've got to be a team player here. You've got to not think of just yourself. And, and, you know, as a provider for a family, as a third base coach, I don't think I ever made decisions selfishly. i made decisions every time. What's best for the team? Who's coming up to hit, you know, what's best for the family? How do we, how do we provide? How do you, how do you, but, There's so many people in different situations during this time. I think about the players, you know, and I'm not talking about money because people's thoughts always go to money and they always think everybody's got money and they always think it's an easy life. I don't know if I was a player. I went through the 50-day strike in 1981, Mm -hmm. but we knew it was going to get over with and we were allowed to work out and we were allowed to be around people. I think this will change some people and some of the players might lose their edge. And they might say, do I, if, if I, if this is going to be my last year, or if I'm going to play a year, a, a year, do I really want to come back? You know, you, you, it's just all of a sudden living with some of this stuff that you've had your whole life. Uh, I, I've kind of had enough of it all, you know, and that was my joke when I turned to my band and right when they introduced us and we're walking on stage, we got the guy leading us on the stage with a flashlight and I said, I think I'm going to retire from public life, guys. And the next day, we were done. We've never played since. So it was just like, wow. I did, I saw some of this coming, but I've kind of been. This thing has kind of forced me to not be to not be able to do anything anymore. And and it's at this point in my life at 62 years old, you know, I I don't have any other desire to to go back out and. Uh, and uh, get this—if if in fact it, we don't know enough about this to, to make any rash decisions, you know, this is more of a, you know, the day-to-day thing. And but you, you also see that, you know, I feel for you guys. I tell this to Donna every day. I go, can you imagine having to write? I mean, this is why we're doing this. There's nothing <laughs> else going on. You know, we all—you all got to do it. All you got to provide. You got to do your job still. And when there's not a lot of things to talk about and write about, I, I, you got to be really creative, which you always have been.
1: I have a feeling I would have been talking to you in in uh, around the batting cage right about now. Other yeah, anyway, absolutely. To, but you, you talk. I mean, it, it is a different routine. You talk about being a team player, but it 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 seems like as important as ever to work on positive reinforcement, I mean, maintaining a good outlook on life and reacquaint with reacquaint yourself with buddies or, or or strangers even. I mean, not that you have many in your neighborhood. I don't mean to be sappy, but if there's any time for all of that, I, I imagine it, it, it's probably now, be, being a team player in life.
0: Absolutely. I mean, because we're all going to be known for something. And, you know, all of a sudden you look at – the world series rings and you go, wow, I mean, baseball was everything. It was, but is it really everything when all of a sudden it's gone? Um, uh, what, what will we be remembered for? What can we do to help one another out now? And, um, you find out that some people I get it who have to work and, and they got to, it, I get that as well. It's a. It must be a struggle for them. Or they change their mindset because I'm definitely watching people who have gotten, become a little ignorant and a little selfish, and that might be the mindset that I maybe had when I was a prick out there coaching and playing and trying to succeed as an overachiever. So uh, it, there's a lot of thought. If you really want to think about it, there's a lot of thought in – you also got to keep yourself from going down a rabbit hole where you can't get out of it either. You know, there's one thing about thinking and and and, uh, and being a part of what's going on now in life, but it's also very easy to get uh, down if, in fact, you've lost things that are a routine in your life because life has changed and everybody now has to make adjustments, which that's really the key to life anyway.
1: Your last gig with the Lunatic Fringe was in my county, March 7th at Hop Monk. And I was in spring training at the time, but I mean, I've been to shows at that venue, and you know, I'm sure if it was like any other, it killed. But what was that last night? Uh, I mean, you were in Chico the night before. I think you were supposed to be in Sacramento this May 22nd. Coming up.
0: All right, Next all right. I'm, a, I'm gonna yeah. give you the, I'm gonna give you a story. All yeah. right, you won't because hey, I knew I was gonna eventually tell everybody this anyway from stage. But that night, and Donna usually drives me, and she but she had to take care of the grandkids, so I had to drive from my ranch that day to Chico. I get a speeding ticket on the way mm. to Chico. I tell the guy why I'm going there, so I he gave me a little bit of break on the speed. Uh, and then we played Chico. I'm on the radio, and then I do a sold out show. Then the next morning, I got to get back up and drive all the way to to Novato. Uh Usually Donna drives, and I, uh, you know, but now you're locked in driving. So that was our gig, and we went off. Uh, we mm-hmm. we were we were playing like like it was not even a, with somebody. Else. It was like it, it was magic. It was one of those nights where you know that. Something's happening here, and in the middle of it, I thought to myself, "Is this it? Is, is this what's going on? Is this the last gig?" Well, anyway, we went back to the hotel. I was exhausted, but my band gets together afterwards, and we really—it's like a, one of the best teams they've ever been a part of. We we drank a lot of red wine. Now, I go to bed, and at ten thirty in the morning and my wife always has told me I need to wear something to, to bed. I go at 1030 to get up, and I go check out at 11, and there's two doors. There's one to the bathroom, and there's one that goes outside, and I was just like in a sleepy, tired daze. I opened the wrong one, the door shuts. I'm locked naked in the hallway. <laughs> now check this out. Being on the road so long, I know exactly. I look at the exit sign. I run to the exit sign. I walk down three flights of stairs. I have to walk out through the parking lot. My truck's out there, and it's locked. But and I'm naked, and the back of the window of my truck. I reach in and I find my wife's yellow yoga mat. So I wrap myself in a yoga mat, looking like a burrito, and I go to the front. The check. I go to the front desk at the Best Western in Marin, and the place is packed. And they give you a know, free breakfast at eleven o'clock. Everybody's in there. They give me a key so fast to get me out of there. Well, somebody must have called the cops about a guy walking naked through the parking lot. Two got two cops walk up, and one guy goes, "Wait a minute!" And I'm embarrassed. I'm exhausted. I'm I'm just. I'm mad at my road manager because I couldn't get a hold of her. And I pointed to, and, and, the, and the cop points to me and goes, wait a minute, you're the former Giants coach. And I go, yeah, I got locked out of my room, and how do you like my fucking outfit? <laughs> <laughs> John, these guys, these two cops might still be laughing. And when I came back out, there. My, when I went out to check out and get dressed, I come back out. My whole band and all of our friends are in a circle, and they're just hearing about the story, and they are belly laughing. And I got, I was so pissed. I got in my car and I looked at my road manager. And I go, answer your phone. And off I went. That's the last time I saw all of them. But then I drove all, I drove all the way back to the ranch that that day. And my wife knows, I, if I'm out there by myself, she knows I need a handler. You know, She knows I need staff. And she goes, well, how'd it go? I go, well, I got to meet three cops in the last 48 <laughs> yeah, hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a yellow yoga mat. <laughs> uh, a yellow yoga mat saved me. I, otherwise, I would have just had to lay in the back of the truck. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, so that's I probably every go, player's
1: nightmare is, is actually doing well, that it, because you live in it, those it hotels.
0: It happened to Kuiper once where he had, to, but they, you know, the nice rich hotels, they got the phones in the hallway, so Kuiper called on the high uh, on the phone and then hid by the ice machine till they got up there, you know?
1: And that's but, prime time uh, during I, breakfast hours at 11 o'clock. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole, so I, I, just, I wear clothes now. Because if <laughs> I would have had pajamas on, it wouldn't even have been a big deal.
1: That is yeah, luckily,
0: it, luckily it was Marin.
1: <laughs> Where it was normal behavior.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I'll never forget it. And I tell you what, I don't mind telling the story because I love to laugh, and that's that was one of. The, I I couldn't, but I'm going. That's what I said. I guess I'm done playing. I'm yeah. going home. That's what our. That's what everybody said. The next day, they said I've been quarantined for life.
1: and you you could do that with a yellow yoga mat every day down where you are now and nobody would notice the beauty of it nobody notice. nobody would
0: notice I'm just glad that yellow you know and I'm not a yoga person but I sure like that mat
1: (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode of Giant Splash please tune in soon for the second part of the Tim Flannery conversation when we talk a little baseball hey some bochi, some Sabian and more the Giant Splash is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support the Splash and all of the Chronicle's great journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com pod.